The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition, the golf edition of the Action Network podcast. He's Peter Jennings. I'm Jason Sobel. We'll be joined in just a couple of minutes by a very special guest. I'm not even sure I can call our guest a special guest, just a, a new contributor for us at the Action Network and Golf Bet. Can't wait to speak with Amanda Rose. But uh, first, Peter, we're going to go back and talk about last week's Workday Charity Open before we get to this week's Memorial Tournament on the same golf course. But we always like to start off with a little, just a little something, and uh, I'm not going to give you odds. I'm not going to give you exactly where I like them, but I will tell you at some point on this podcast exactly what Tiger Woods will shoot in all four rounds this week. Peter, what do you have for us this week? I'll be impressed. If you can get his exact score for all four rounds, I'll send you some fun coupons. Of course, I'm going to stay on brand here, and I really hope it pays off this week. John Rahm finally breaks out of his slump. When you do this for real, don't ever say that. He played incredible on Sunday with stuffing pins, and he's dirt cheap on DraftKings now. He's moved way down in the betting market, so I'm going to continue to buy John Rahm, and this time at a really cheap price. So hopefully the John Rahm of old can show up uh, this week. You will always be held to a different, higher standard. And it's fucked up, but that is the way it is. Shocker. Well, Jennings may just be trending in the right direction after – this past weekend, when Colin Morikawa defeated Justin Thomas in a playoff, sorry to those who apparently can't get streaming coverage online. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, and uh, this would have been tape delayed. We couldn't watch anywhere. At least we can watch online, and it was a great finish. Justin Thomas leading by three with three to play. Morikawa forces the playoff. First playoff hole, JT makes a 50-footer. Morikawa makes a 24-footer. Uh, they have the second one to go to the third, and JT finds himself behind the smallest tree on the entire property at Muirfield Village and winds up losing in the playoff there. Uh, you're a guy, Peter, that's been on Colin Morikawa for a long time now, a, a whole year. That's a long time in Colin Morikawa years. And so uh, it had to be nice to see him get that second PGA Tour win and, uh, and prove you a little bit right because you've been talking up Morikawa for a long time now. Yeah, it was nice. Finally uh, hit an outright uh, that I, I placed pre-tournament for the year. Had a bunch of Morikawa uh, in the first event at the Charles Schwab event. But uh, it was nice to hit that and uh, had a good amount of him in DFS. So paid some dividends to, to be bullish on Colin Morikawa and couldn't be a bigger fan of him as a golfer and as a person. You had some great tweets about that. and uh, He's just he's the epitome of a superstar on the PGA Tour. He's smart. He's an incredible iron player. He's very consistent off the tee and showed that, uh, you know, he can win. And he showed so much guts. I mean, the, the driver in particular that he took on the sharp, short par four, I thought showed a lot of courage after Victor mm-hmm. Hovland put it in the water. Uh, you know, JT really kind of stepped on their throats uh, with an eagle uh, coming down the stretch. And it looked like Morikawa was out of it, but he, he stayed persistent and hit a lot of great shots and forced a playoff and, what a putt that he made after JT made Unreal. an iconic putt. So uh, that was that was the most entertaining playoff that I've watched. I know that there's been a couple others. Uh, they were talking about Riviera with Keegan Bradley and a couple other guys, Mickelson. Yeah, it was Phil and I believe Bill Haas maybe. Yeah. That was a good one. 
I didn't have financial interest on that one. So I had financial <laughs> interest in this one and JT and Mark Howard, probably my two favorite golfers on the PGA tour. So I thought it was wildly entertaining and I love the coverage started early on Sunday, woke up, was sweating on NBC sports, watched the golf channel, then turned on to, you know, the CBS stream online and it was easy. I thought it was uh, really nice. And uh, I couldn't believe everyone on Twitter complaining about it. People on Twitter going online, complaining about not being able to watch coverage that is literally online. If you can go on Twitter, you can go on cbssports.com. I had no inside info. I had no secret password. I literally just clicked on a link and hit a button and it popped up and I watched the coverage all day. It wasn't that hard, people. So uh, those people complaining about it. Yeah, okay. It'd be nice to lay down on your couch and watch. And yes, it'd be great to have this whole thing live on TV. You know what? That's not how the contracts are. That's not how it works right now. So uh, this is the next best thing. Remember, uh, it wasn't that long ago that you wouldn't have been able to watch it live at all. So at least it's getting better, moving in the right direction. Two things off of what you just said there, Peter. First of all, uh, forgetting the fact that Morikawa is maybe the best iron player in the world right now. Uh, as you alluded to, he is as mature, as intelligent, as well-spoken a 23-year-old as I have ever seen. I've had a, a chance to speak with him on a handful of occasions over the past year. And I, I'm just telling you, the kid is going to be an asset to the PGA Tour and golf in general for a long time to come because he is very thoughtful, very articulate. So uh, it's great to see him playing well. And as for Justin Thomas, I, I saw a little scuttlebutt. And, and again, it's social media, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But I saw some people saying, oh, this is going to leave a scar for Justin Thomas. You know, he's not going to be able to come back from this one for a while. First of all, he didn't lose the Masters. He lost the Workday Charity Open, which, by the way, doesn't exist anymore. It was a one-off. It, it, it was played this past week, and now it's done. It's never going to happen again. So I, I think Justin Thomas will shake it off. Secondly, JT is mad. And most professional golfers don't play well when they've got steam still coming out of their ears from the past week. Justin Thomas, he tends to, to sort of refigure his focus a little bit. And he tends to rein it in, and he tends to play really good golf when he is mad. So don't be surprised if JT follows up last week's disappointment with another big week this week. So, uh, Peter, enough from us. Enough from, enough from the two of us donkeys, old guys, sitting here, you know, meandering all over this podcast talking about sports. We have to bring in our newest colleague, so proud to announce that Amanda Rose has joined the Action Network and Golf Bet to talk golf with us. So, Amanda, we're going to go home now, and uh, it's all yours. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm very proud to be your new boss. Uh, it's going to be really exciting. Thank you guys for all of your support and your kind words. I am very excited. And uh, Peter, as I've told Jason, I grew up watching him, you know, like 15 years ago on television and now I'm his boss. So it's, you know, it's everything's coming full circle. We're, we have the it's best new boss in the older. world and uh, absolutely. <laughs> so great that you're with us, Amanda. What did you think about uh, last week? Or did you enjoy the playoff as much as Jason and I did? You know, unfortunately, um, our my tea time was somehow pushed to like 12 Eastern time last week. So, of course, as I'm leaving for the golf course is when coverage went off. And it was really exciting for Colin Morikawa, especially right now because it's been such a condensed schedule. Certain guys are peaking week to week to week. And, you know, we saw him in that playoff against Daniel Berger. And it's really no surprise to see him win because just the way the schedule is, I think certain guys are just getting better every single week. So uh, being the old guy that you've been watching for years now, God, I honestly, I've never felt this old, but um, <laughs> no, it, it honestly is uh, great to have uh, your perspective and, and a, a refreshing look at some things going on. So maybe there's a person out there listening that doesn't follow you on social media and doesn't know you, yeah. maybe, but just kind of take us through your background, where you've been, your background in golf. 
you know, background on me. Um, I guess on a very snowy night, a mom and dad loved each other a lot. And then on August 30th, fast I forward, fast out. forward a little bit. Okay. <laughs> okay sorry. So fast forward. Um, I was, you know, a good golfer growing up, nationally ranked junior golfer, um, got injured and decided I didn't want to play college golf, but I'm a scratch golfer. So I can pretty much beat everyone that's in my fan base, which is awesome. I love having that university of Florida grad, Big golf nerd, you know, did the broadcast journalism route and always knew I wanted to do golf. And I remember one of the professors I was the closer to would say, he's like, you know, it's going to take a while. I don't know if, you know, there aren't that many uh, jobs in golf. And I said, no, but I'm going to do it. Like, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. And he's like, eh. I, I really hope this works out for you, but it's probably not. So, you know, just take the job in a top 50 market out of college that, you know, not a lot of people were given and just shut up and take it. And I was like, no, I'm going to go take an internship at Golf Channel, like a weirdo. And then, you know, I was so sad they didn't hire me after, even though, you know, and I had these really great relationships there. And that, I think, propelled me to continue to network and, and land where I am now. And, and I started doing my own content from home uh, after I moved home uh, back to Philly after college and stuff and just kind of started from scratch on Twitter and put my irreverence out there and for some weird reason people liked it kept doing it and I've been you know twirling the q-tip around and haven't gotten any resistance so it's fine <laughs> Jason looked up when I said that because you got to take the q-tip out when there's resistance you had me at scratch golfer because I'm already sitting there thinking, doing the math and thinking, all right, uh, I'm going to back you a little bit. We'll get the whole company to back you. Honestly, we're going to give Pete four aside and we're going to take everything he's got. So, uh, you know, it just seems like, you know, the math behind this is going to work already. Uh, no, seriously <laughs> though. Th thank you for joining us. Let's get a little bit into this week's tournament, the Memorial. And uh, I'll, I'll just kind of leave it open to you guys. Kind of starting at the top, uh, really good field. We've got Rory and Brooks and DJ and Tiger, of course, and, Morikawa and Hovland and all the guys from last week. And uh, I can go on and on and on. We've all seen the field list already. So uh, let's get into sort of just right off the top. Who do we like? Who do we like off the top? I mean, if you're picking from this uh, group of superstars, you got to pick one, two, three people, whether it's betting, DFS, whatever it might be uh, that you like this week. Uh, I'll start with you, Amanda. Who do you like this week? So you are going to think I'm totally crazy. I think Scott Harrington is a really good top 20 long shot top. pick. Let's off the start, top. Let's start with the big names. We'll get it a little bit. Let's start with the big names off the top. Well, you know, obviously you have Justin Thomas, like you're saying. I mean, he has the cartoon smoke coming out of his ears, and I really think he could have a great week this week. But then you also have a guy like Colin Morikawa, who literally just won here. Yeah, they have short memories, but when you just wanted a course and this unprecedented opportunity to play that course two weeks in a row I think he's gonna feel pretty good about that and I really think that more Cowan could do something crazy and win two weeks in a row at the same course I'm gonna have to deal with both of you when Morikawa wins this week Peter I, I assume you're not fading Morikawa after the victory well you mentioned an important word a, a fade uh which sets up better at a Jack Nicholas course here specifically so DJ coming off a win I think is looking really good getting a lot of strokes off the tee and tee to green just in general so he's an interesting one uh, JT, of course, Morikawa. But my two horses this week at the top are going to be Rory, who I think is still the best player in the world. He's not priced like it. Uh, JT and Bryson DeChambeau have shorter odds, and they're more expensive on DraftKings. So I prefer Rory as my number one, and then, of course, John Rahm, who is just dirt cheap now. He's basically at the bottom of this tier, and when I can get John Rahm this cheap, I'm going to keep investing. I know the play hasn't been great. Actually, had some bad ball-striking days early last week but Sunday really came on strong had a bunch of shots close getting a ton of strokes tee to green on Sunday so 
I'm going to continue to buy John Rahm, and uh, I think Rory and Rahm are still probably the two best players in the world, and I'll buy those guys. I don't disagree with you there. Speaking of fades, I mean, what we're starting to learn about Patrick Cantlay, I believe 17th or better in seven of his last eight starts. And it's just a, a consistency that we only see from some of the very best in the world. And uh, he is certainly among them right now. And then the guy I'm picking to win, my favorite outright, and, and I can't believe it's been a year and a half since this guy has won a golf tournament at Kapalua at the beginning of last year. But Xander Shoffley. Uh, has played some very good golf, 14th this past weekend. Uh, I think he's going to get a little interest in the markets. He's anywhere from 30 to 1, 33 to 1 right now. Uh, I believe in most of the markets that could move by the time you're actually listening to this podcast. But um, I, I really like Shoffley this week. He's a guy that tends to play his best golf against these better fields. So um, I, I do like him. I, I think that he's a guy that's ready to go out and win again. So uh, let's get to that mid-tier. I'm not ready for Scott Harrington yet, Amanda, but we, we start to get to this mid-tier. I'll, I'll throw a couple of names out just kind of below these superstars, and it's guys that I bet way too often. I play in DFS way too often, um, but I'm waiting for them to pop in. One is Tony Finau, who's just too talented to still have only one win on his resume. And the other one is Abraham Answer, who's too talented to still have zero wins on his resume. I guess they both can't win this week, but – I like them both to be on the leaderboard at some point. Anybody in that range that you're looking at, Amanda, or anybody that you don't like in that range where you're saying, you know, I'm kind of off of that guy? You know what? I think at this range, there's so many guys that are priced so well. I mean, you look at guys like Matt Kuchar and Justin Rose, who any other given week could be the highest priced guy. So there is just a lot of talent. I think Joaquin Neiman has a shot this week. I mean, he's kind of like that little feisty, uh, mm -hmm. scrappy. I mean, just hits it straight. And, and at Jack's place, that's what you need to do. And it probably wouldn't kill him to drink a milkshake or seven. So I think Neiman, you know, could have a chance this week. Um, and we've seen love him. if he could make a putt outside of five feet that would be <laughs> that would also be too. good and abraham answer i mean i've been very bullish on abraham answer since this entire covid swing so mm. i would love to see abraham answer i think he's taken the last two weeks off gotten some you know chill time but he and his caddy combo i think you're right i mean it, it, he's not going to be a zero win player for a very long time can we officially call this the COVID swing, by the way? I like that. That's yeah, I think the, it should be we've trademarked. Got the, we've got the Aloha swing. We've got the West Coast swing. We've got the Florida swing. And now we've got the COVID swing. I, I think that's yeah. a great way to refer to this. Uh, Peter, she mentioned Justin Rosen there who shot an 80 last Friday. I know that uh, you mentioned Rom earlier. And Rom didn't have his best stuff until Sunday. Justin Rose was off his game. Mark Leishman, another guy who's really off his game. I kind of like jumping on these guys this week because, quite frankly, all three of them are too good to play this badly a second week in a row. Any of those guys jump out at you, or is there anybody else in that mid-tier that you're looking at? Yeah, it's really interesting. I think one of the toughest things just handicapping this week overall is how much do you wait last week? Uh, you know, it's the same course. Obviously, they're going to change the conditions with the green speeds and lengthen out the rough. There's going to be some different tee boxes, but it's still the same course. So, you know, in a lot of ways, you should be waiting last week a lot. Uh, we've never had a situation where they play the same course twice. So you have – recent form combined with the most recent course history, uh, which should be a really big factor. So I think a lot of people are going to be thinking about that. And if you want to be contrarian, buying the guys who played poorly, like a Justin Rose, makes a lot of sense. So I think Justin Rose is really interesting in DFS for tournaments. Uh, in the betting markets, I'll probably shy away from him. Um, but yeah, in this mid-range, I was going to mention Tony Finau. Pretty awesome. Saw him hit 206 uh, ball speed you know, mm -hmm. on the when he was practicing uh, with some friends. But uh, he's got some serious horsepower and some low scores. I believe he shot a 59. Is that right? 
in that same sequence? I, I heard that he shot a 59. I'm not sure. Yeah. I heard he okay, shot a 59. So I don't know if that's verified, but. We thought that Bryson influence might happen next year. Maybe it's happening like this week. Maybe it was like the week after Bryson started winning in golf tournaments. Guys are like, hey, I'm just going to swing as hard as I can now. And Tony Finau is going to get after it, which I, it couldn't hurt. Why not? I'd love to see Tony Finau get after it and go swing as hard as Bryson out there and see how far he can put it out there. Well, he can swing harder than Bryson without any, you know, crazy work mm-hmm. in the gym or whatever else is going on with Bryson. So Tony Finau has got as much natural power as anyone, and I think he's going to be able to take advantage of the par fives and uh, certainly, you know, the drivable par four, depending on where they put tee boxes, he should be able to take advantage of that as well. So I like the Finau call, and then probably my favorite play in this range is Billy Horschel, who had an awesome Sunday round. He basically missed the cut on the number for the majority of the COVID swing tournaments initially. That's because he couldn't putt. So Billy Horschel is, is you know, a great all-around player. Doesn't really have a weakness. Uh, great scrambler. And I think Billy Horschel uh, in this mid-range represents a, an immense value. And I think he'll kind of be viewed as uh, one of those top 25 golfers again uh, after this week. I'll throw a few more out there. I, I'm starting to feel Ricky Fowler just a little bit. I, I hadn't liked him in a long time, but I'm starting to like Ricky just a little bit now. Uh, Shane Lowry, the one-year anniversary of winning the Open. I just He's won in Ohio before. He played well on Sunday. Uh, we, we've seen some guys, whether it's the biorhythms or you know the body clock or whatever, we saw Daniel Berger win for a third time in the very same week in June. We saw Brooks Kepka uh, contend at the Heritage on the same week where he's twice won the U.S. Open. So maybe the same week that Shane Lowry won the Open last year, maybe he comes over to Ohio and, and contends for one this week. And then Sergio Garcia, who hasn't played this golf tournament in a dozen years for I don't know what reason, but um, it's a second-shot golf course. Sergio Garcia is one of the best second-shot golfers that we've seen over the course of the last dozen years, and yet he hasn't played here at all. And what's really puzzling is that if you go back 2008 and earlier, his record here was actually pretty good. He finished runner-up in 2001, so maybe he gets a little mojo back. There's, by the way, a great matchup in there. Uh, Sergio minus 120 over Jordan Spieth. Peter, I know you're oh, on yeah. that one. So I'm, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> I've talked so. enough badly. I've talked badly enough about Jordan Spieth. Don't need to rub it in, but yeah, we'll see. So. Hopefully he gets it back, but I would, I'm hammering Sergio over Spieth this week. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot too. Let's, uh, let's keep moving down this board a little bit. And I like getting down to this lower tier and Amanda, is there a player down near the bottom that you like for a top 20 bet? I, I just, okay. out Jason, there. this, this range is my bread and butter, okay? I'm going to tell you that love now. It. I get the most, like, random long shot guys out of this range. I love Scott Harrington. Um, really, really just great story on tour, and he has just gotten better, I feel like, since he got his t- card fully. Was it this past fall, yeah. was it? I yep. think he was just – I can't believe it. It feels like a year and a half ago. I was going to say it was the other fall. Um, you know, Scott Harrington, just he's a guy to just watch for. I mean, he could either not make the cut or make a top 20. It's kind of one of those. And when he makes that top 20, you make a lot of money. Um, so he's a great guy. I really, really, really am liking um, Sepp Straka right now. Last yes. week he had that chance to finish – yeah, he had the chance to finish top 10, and he kind of screwed me because he didn't. I lost, like, a whole dollar, so that was that was very upsetting. But, um, you know, Sepp Straka, he's been playing better and better every week. Um, another guy, Harold Barner. I mean, we saw him um, contending through Saturday a few weeks ago. He, You know, his Sunday rounds aren't always his best. He, he doesn't always come out and play, but maybe this week is just going to be a different week. There could be some good vibes for him. I like him. And also, last one, I'm going to say JT Poston. I think he is – um, a guy that has the potential to finish pretty well this week. He 
you know, I, I think he and Aaron Fleener are probably going to be really into the whole milkshake vibe. They're probably going to be <laughs> jamming out and just blowing it past everyone. I don't know. I think that he, those picks I gave you there, I would recommend is top 10 or top 20 picks. Not Maybe not for DraftKings. Maybe for DraftKings. I don't know. But that, that, those are picks that I'd put like a dollar on for top 20, top 10 because I'm poor. I really like those. And I'm going to call timeout on this segment just for a second because I want to point something out because Peter, as we all know, is a high stakes, high volume player. You are a low stakes player, which is great. I love the fact that we're, we are all representing different delegates out there because there's all different kind of betters. I tell people all the time, like you don't need to be taking out a second mortgage in order to bet on golf. Just have a little play, but what's going to happen and Peter's just going to be living about it at some point because you're going to put a dollar <laughs> on some guy, you know, three different guys for top 10s and four different yep. guys for top 20s, and they're all going to hit. And Peter's going to go, God, if I tailed Amanda, I, I would be doing so well right now. Instead, she's up $47. Yeah. Right, Peter? That's definitely going to happen. I'm going to learn to, to – I'm going to be having to do that. And uh, I like that you uh, like this lower tier too. I think that's generally where the most value is. And honestly, from a betting perspective, you're, you're going to – it's very challenging to make money betting the top names. Uh, you're going to have to find specific matchups. Uh, in general, the outright bets, uh, you know, there's too much juice there. Where you normally find value in betting is in this bottom tier. So I think it's really sharp, and I, I love the top 20 bets. So uh, you're already speaking my language there. And, yes, I'm going to have to tell some of those picks or else it's going to be uh, tilting for me. So I, I like those call, and I like Harold Barner a lot. That's someone that I was going to bring up as well. I love that you guys are – complimenting me and saying that I'm, I'm so smart making these picks. I told you, I have to make these picks because I'm so poor that if I don't put a dollar on someone with 3,000 to one odds, I ain't making any money. Like, I need to go with these crazy <laughs> tiny bets if I want to make any kind of margin. Here's what you'll learn, Amanda, too. We're recording this uh, at 8.45 p.m. Monday evening, by the way. And on Monday, every pick is a great pick. Yeah. So, so when you pick out Scott Harrington and JT Poston and Harold Varner <laughs> on Monday night, we're going to go, Great pick. Love that pick. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's going to win you any money. It's just a great pick on a Monday night. So uh, there's a big difference between a great pick on Monday and great pick six days from now. So I I'm going to give you guys three guys in this lower tier um, that maybe are off the board, off the radar. Ryan Moore has not played well lately, but I asked him. This was at halftime of the Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl. When I was at the Moore family Super Bowl party that I used to attend every year in Scottsdale. And uh, I'm a Patriots fan. They're all Seahawks fans. So I'm glad I didn't ask him this after the game was over, but I think it was halftime. I said, Ryan, if I was ever going to pick you somewhere, you know, where would it be every year? He said, Memorial, one of my favorite golf courses. Love that tournament. So uh, he's played well here in the past, uh, you know, has a nice record. So um, even though he hasn't played well lately, I think that gets those odds up and, and certainly gets the DFS prices down. So I like Ryan Moore. Charles Schwartzel is a guy that nobody's looking at. Former Masters champion, but – He's finished top 35 here in seven of the last nine years. Really likes this golf course. He's tended to be all or nothing over the past year. So he's either going to miss the cut for, by a mile or finish in the top 10. Why not bank on him to finish in the top 10? I, I like at least getting after it. And then I'm giving you another name that you're probably not going to hear anywhere else, but David Lingmurth, the 2015 champion. By the way, one of my favorite stories ever. In his press conference after he won, and Jack Nicholas is sitting next to him, David Lingmurth's parents from Sweden are on FaceTime. And so David's wife handed the phone to Jack Nicholas, who apparently had never been on FaceTime before. Jack held the phone about two inches from his face, looked at David Lingworth's parents and said, hi, this is Jack Nicholas in the United <laughs> States. And it was just 
hilarious the fact that like their generation was just for the first time kind of getting the hang of this FaceTime thing and trying to figure it out. In any case, David Lingworth since then has lost his card and gone back to the Corn Ferry Tour and not playing great, but did make the cut there this past week in San Antonio and has never missed the cut since that victory at the Memorial Tournament. Another guy who's a coarse horse and tends to really like it here. So yeah, you probably won't hear any more Lingworth talk anywhere else, but I, I wanted to get that story in too. You like that story, Amanda? That was, I actually was joking. I thought of an old person story. yelling at technology. Oh. So he was very impressed that he could speak with the family in Sweden. <laughs> uh, that was very cool. Uh, let's get to our DFS lineup. We've, we've mentioned a lot of players in here now. So for those who don't know, and Amanda, I will fill you in in case you are not aware of what we usually do, but Peter and I usually pick a lineup and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Last week, Five of the six made the cut. Luke List, who looked pretty good after the first round, just fell off the planet in round two and kept us from going six for six, which I believe only about five, six percent of lineups did last week. Uh, isn't that right, Peter? Under three percent in the Millionaire Maker, and our team was, was okay. good, actually. Especially if Burns would have finished strong. Okay, so we, we, pick, we pick players where uh, we are going to go two for each of us this week, and, and since you're new here, Amanda, we're going to give you the honors make the first pick and you, you can screw us over. I mean, you can use all the money you want. You want to go Bryson and use up the 11 one off the top and make us go lower. You can do that. You can go a low price guy and, and save us some money. So this is all up to you to start this off. I like the Shane Lowry pick. I'm going to go with, Ooh. with Shane. We're in Dublin, Ohio, the same week that, you know, like you said, he won the open at Port Rush. And That's it was my first, point. it was the first open I ever attended uh, in the media. So it has a very special place in my heart. So I got Shane Lowry. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's no, that. The Dublin connection's fantastic. I, it's 7,200. I, I like it, Peter. I don't care if you don't like it. I like it. I, I like Shane Lowry. I think that's <laughs> a very reasonable price. And one comment too. Every lineup feels amazing, and, you know, you start looking. You talked about Monday picks feel good. It's a loaded field, which all of us have talked about. So all DFS lineups look good and all bets look good just because you're getting guys at crazy numbers that you normally wouldn't because it's the best field we've had. Soft pricing, especially on DraftKings this week. I mean, you can't make a lineup this week that doesn't look like it's going to win a million dollars. I've made, I think, eight lineups on Monday alone before we're recording this podcast, and every one of them I've looked at and go, how is that not going to win? Like, that's got six studs in the lineup. That is going to win me money. Or I, I went with my – I can't call them stars and scrubs. I can't call them studs and duds. We need, we need a name for those lower-priced guys. I don't want to piss them off so when they come on the pod, they're, they're mad at us. But, but you can get, like, one or two of those guys then load up on the studs. I mean, there's a lot of room for maneuvering this week. So, Peter, I will defer to you with the second pick of our DraftKings draft. I'm going to do something that's not original at all, but this is the best price you'll ever see on John Rahm. I don't think we'll ever see him at 9,300 again. Uh, so I'm taking John Rahm. That just doesn't happen. So I think you got to go with John Rahm at 9,300. And I'm only worried that he's going to be chalky because of that price. I was hoping to get him lower owned with all the other studs, but that price might entice other uh, DraftKings users to, to fire him up. Okay. And my pick, and Amanda, here's where I like to be indecisive and just try to read Peter's mind and see where he's going with stuff. So <laughs> I'm going to give you two names sort of in the same tier. I've mentioned them both already, but Abraham answer at 8,500, Tony Finau at 8,300. Peter, who are you feeling this week? I, I like both. These are two of my favorite guys to take guys who never win, but guys who tend to play pretty well on a regular basis. I love both those guys. Uh, I'll go with answer just because the ball striking has been so, so elite. 
But, man, Finau in a tournament feels pretty good. He's going to win here soon. And I heard about a 59. I don't know if that's true. And the 206 okay. is ridiculous. So, yeah. hard to go against that. But Abram Anser hitting every green uh, is, is pretty enticing as well. There, there still might be some room to get Finau in here at some point. But, Amanda, it's your pick. We have used up, we've used up 35,000. We have 8,333 per man remaining. Uh, where do you want to go with this next pick? Good, Brendan Todd. I think, I think he missed the cut last week. Um, however, I mean, he's just had this really good form coming off of the fall series into the COVID swing. And, I mean, I don't know if I wouldn't bet him outright this week, but I'm going to throw him in a DFS lineup because he'd probably give me a top 20. I feel like you're just being nice to us. You're just, like, saving money for us so that we can take the big guns. I, it's a lot more impressive when I pull out a Ryan Armour top 10 and top <laughs> 5 like I did two weeks ago I than it is that. when I say, oh, Bryson's going to win. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm going to take either guy. Rory or Billy Horschel. You get to choose. I, I don't see anything wrong with going with Rory this week. I almost think it's a, a little bit contrarian. I mean, I, Rory will be taken, but I think there's so many good players in that sort of – 9,000 to 10,000 range that people aren't going to spend up. They're going to try to load up on mid to upper tier players and may not go all the way to the top Ferrari. So Rory's uh, the best player in the world be, still. Just oh, remember a little that. Bit, yes, exactly. Um, I am not going to make the mistake that I made last week and go with Cameron Champ all over the place, even though I will point out that I had Webb Simpson at Colonial. He won the next week at Harbortown. I had Bryson DeChambeau in Hartford. He won the next week in Detroit. <laughs> I had Cameron Champ last week in the workday. Might want to stick with Cameron Champ, but I'm not going to do it. We're going Go down camp. the list. Go with our friend. Go with our friend of the pod. I think he's Eagles. an awesome pick. He's a really good pick this week. We didn't even talk There's, about him. We haven't mentioned the name. Freaking Keegan just totally boned me on the weekend. I'm getting better at every aspect of my game, my game. If I go out and hit it this way, that it's, it's just not going to come off strong. I hate fucking Keegan Bradley. I, I almost didn't want to jinx him last week. He had a really good week. He putted awful. Um, classic slower classic Keegan putting. Keegan put it to five feet over and over and over again on Sunday <laughs> did. and missed all of them. Like, he just <laughs> Same. A buddy of mine who had a really nice DraftKings week had Keegan and texted me when he made a hold one and said, and he didn't miss a putt either. I was like, yeah, well, yes, that's true. We'll go with Keegan over Steele. And the other guy I was looking at, by the way, just for the record there, is Lucas Glover. Uh, Lucas Glover and Harris English, two guys that I've been relying on a lot, ball strikers, week in, week out, solid players. They might not win you the millie, they're not going to lose it for you either. So I like just kind of throwing those guys in lineups. Uh, they can save you some money. And quite frankly, they just don't play badly. So uh, I like having Glover in there. But we'll go Keegan Bradley and makes our lineup Abraham Answer, Keegan Bradley, Shane Lowry, Rory McElroy, John Rahm, Brendan Todd, leaving 200 on the table. Uh, confidence level, Amanda, from 1 to 10. How do you feel about this one? I feel like an 8. Okay. An eight. I, that's my lucky number, so I'll go with that. Um, pretty fun to get Rory and Rahm in a lineup. That You normally can't do that, so pretty, good point. pretty exciting to, to get I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go lower. I'm, I'm not feeling as confident as usual, which means it's going to be a home run lineup. So I'm trying a little reverse psychology on ourselves. Hopefully that'll work, and hopefully everything works for you guys. Guys, thanks so much. Amanda Rose, again, congratulations, and Thank you. Um, welcome to the company. Get to work. I Don't know, just sit around talking on podcasts all night. We, we need you to start working a little bit more. So thank you to Amanda. Thank you to Peter. We will be back with the gimme on Wednesday night, our online show on Twitch. 
and also on Periscope. Don't want to miss that. For Amanda, for Peter, I'm Jason. Thanks for listening. Good luck at this week's Memorial Tournament. Here's hoping you guys hit the green. We're finished talking.